Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to 5 Things. I am your host, Alia Rasool. Um, before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that the Bad Dog Theater Company is broadcasting from the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. Um, last week, I shared an Al Jazeera-featured article called Canada's Crying Shame about residential schools as part of my land acknowledgement. Um, and you know what? I'm going to read it again because I think it's really important for us to um, remember, you know, history as it happens. Um, so here we go. So for the next two minutes, um, I'm going to be re reading a part of this article, just a content warning that what I'm about to read contains upsetting themes around the trauma of residential schools. So the article reads, there were 139 residential schools attended by an estimated 150,000 First Nations Inuit NET children in Canada. The first school opened in 1831 and the last one closed in 1996. The institutions intended to erode indigenous culture, language and family and community, community ties were notorious for the neglect and abuse of the children who were forced to attend them. Thousands of Indigenous children died at the schools with, and with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, of Canada conservatively estimating 4,000 to 6,000 deaths. And actually, um, as of the last count, uh, there's actually more than 7,000 so far. In 2009, the Canadian government turned down requests from the TRC for $1.5 million in funding to help identify the locations of burial sites of children at the formal residential school. So $1.5 million, you know, anything with the word million sounds like a lot, but that's how much a, a, a house in downtown Toronto costs, you know, so to put that into perspective. Um, so some First Nations communities began using their own resources to hire specialists operating ground penetrating radar to find the graves. And at the end of May, uh, they uncovered the remains of two 15 children buried at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School in British Columbia. And like I said, um, the number is now at more than 7,000. Um, yeah, so uh, remember those numbers. And um, the best way to remember them is to pay attention. And um, yeah, repetition. Okay, so again, my name is Ali Rasul. And welcome to the show. Uh, so this is Five Things. Um, and I'm going to be talking to some of my favorite people, some of the best and brightest stars in comedy. And we are going to dig into the stories, politics, and personality 
behind their jokes. Uh, we have some of my most famous friends, some of my tallest friends, humble brag. Also, um, potentially spoiler alert, <laughs> or maybe not, because uh, you know who the guest is today. It's on the title. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so make sure you hit like and or subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of the cool people that are coming on the show. Uh, five things is based on an improv warm up game, so let's warm up with a quick five things. Uh, Shannon. Could you kindly provide a suggestion for five things that you might want to know about me? Yeah, uh, your five uh, five things you love to wear. Ooh, five things that I love to wear. Um, this toque. <laughs> I love wearing this toque uh, because I made it. <laughs> and it says Tita Power, which means... Um, anti-power um and yeah we lower ants so represent so that's one number two um i love to wear this sweater my dad had when i was like a child so this sweater is almost as old as i am and i stole it from my dad and it is the coziest most amazing thing that i own uh, or that i stole uh number three a scrunchie scrunchies are the best <laughs> they, they are very useful when you have very long hair and you're trying to eat a bowl of soup uh number four oh man i wish i had it handy but i bought this amazing sequined hairband i've decided to forgo holiday wear this year and i'm just wearing sequins on my hair because uh everything's on zoom we're gonna look down and that's all you're gonna see of me anyway and number Five. I like to wear my heart on my sleeve. <laughs> I cannot, I can't hide how I'm feeling, which is why if I don't like you, you for sure know. Um, but also if I love you, you also for sure know. So those are five things. There we go. Um, so moving on, I am so excited to introduce Tonight's guest, um, Guled Abdi, is a Toronto-based comedian, writer, and one quarter of the multi-award-winning sketch troupe Tall Boys, who are dropping season three of their sketch show on CBC this January 25th. And, you know, you can catch all their previous se seasons on CBC Gem. He's performed at OFF-JFL, Montreal Sketch Fest, uh, and the Toronto French Festival, and he is absolutely one of my most favorite people in the world. Let's uh, welcome Guled. Hey, hello. hello. What's going on? How's it going, friend? Doing all right. You know, being at home and everything. It's it's really nice. I do love uh, I love working at this desk. And then you can see in the background, like over here, is my bed. So if things go bad, I just jump right into bed. <laughs> That's great. Uh, for me, it's this is my desk. And then like what you don't see is a bunch of food packaging that I haven't thrown out from all the Uber Eats I have been doing. And listen, you've been doing your civic duty. You've been keeping the numbers <laughs> down by ordering more Uber. And this is 
You know, I yeah. mean, we're, we're all going to get like, I think, is it purple hearts? What do they do up here? Uh, what's the thing that you get for? I'm pretty sure it's purple hearts. It's Correct. purple hearts. Yeah. So, Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm waiting for mine in the mail. So we'll see. I um, have been keeping the economy afloat. That is one of the things that um, I'm really proud of. No, it's so. great. I, I genuinely did feel stressed at the beginning being like, there are too many businesses. I can't support them all. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I think you can. I, I could, but it just, I would be stretching myself thin. I'd be so tired. And then I'd maybe get angry. You know, when like you're tired and you're doing something, you're like, this is a good thing, but then you're so tired that you get cranky and then you're like, oh, why did I do this to myself? I could have. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? That is awesome because one of the biggest things that a lot of people have said uh, that they've learned from the pandemic is knowing their boundaries. Oh, that's a big word. And if you guys are paying attention at home, actually put down your bingo card. That is uh, that is one of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't save all the businesses. No. You can save some of them. But your self-care comes first. <laughs> exactly. If you're saving all the business, who's saving you from a mental breakdown? Oh, Think about it. You know what I'm saying? Mike. Boom. Here That's another go. one actually. Uh <laughs> making something that was <laughs> that was that was actually very sweet, cheesy. Yeah, mark that down, guys. That's also the thing. You've got heart. another purple heart in the mail coming your way just for that. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Are you excited to talk about Five things and only five things. If I ask Absolutely. you a sixth thing, you let I me will, know. I will um, leave immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, thing number one. Good. I'm going to talk about our age. Absolutely. Okay. So, how's your mid 30s going? <laughs> and the reason I bring yeah. this up is because. So we were born the same year. So we turned 30 the same year. We celebrated our 30th birthday together. Huge, and huge. I really feel like since then, we've been kind of like, it feels like you're my, you know, like those pacing partners. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. There's like, like when, a feeling of that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You no, know? I know what you mean. I've, I, I think I watched a clip about marathoners where they have the people to help them <laughs> set pace. So yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And also have yeah, to break, have to break the wind as well so that they're not getting as much like <laughs> wind resistance or or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to, you know, move through my 30s too quickly. So no, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> then after that is the 40s. I know. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's there, but uh yeah. it's honestly uh I think 30 was felt like really huge. And for the reasons that, like, you keep hearing people say 30 is so big. But, uh, and I did have that feeling like, oh, no, like, everything has to change. You know, my name, uh, the things I like, uh, like, <laughs> this, it's from, it's page one rewrite of my whole personality. Uh, anyone I meet after 30 will meet a very different Gula than the one before 30. Yep. But uh, I've, I've since, like, some of that anxiety is still there. But I've since given up on that because I had no like goals of like where I'd be in my 30s or by 30. So I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. <laughs> I, I, you know, stumbled upon this thing. It's going well. I get to do a TV show with my friends. You know, like, you know what? This is actually, it was blank. It was blank. 
and it got filled with stuff. And I'm like, this is good stuff. Uh, yeah. Understatement <laughs> of the year. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think like, well, in our thirties, uh, just to sort of paint a picture of what it was kind of like then I remember just, well, you, and then me eventually joining you going to like stand up show after stand up show, you know, and that was like, that was a lot of fun, but yeah. you know, like, I don't think I remember you not even watch, not even being sure that you wanted to do sketch. Yes. And, uh, you know, that feeling is still there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh well it, i think yeah i felt this feeling throughout comedy i've told like <laughs> i've told the boys on several occasions yeah i'm gonna quit comedy <laughs> i've said that on several occasions i remember being on one occasion was i think i was coming back from a show in the east end of town at the social capital theater shout out to them and uh and i was telling them I was like yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I just, I'm not feeling good. You know, it's, just, this is very hard. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to call it. And that feeling uh, comes and goes in waves because I find when I'm like super exhausted and feeling just like, you know, like just I'm being like my patience is worn thin. I'm just so tired. I can't possibly be at my best uh, in terms of like just mental health wise and also the work I'm creating. Then mm-hmm. those moments, I'm like, man, I, I, I did I pick the wrong profession? Because then you got to still come and find that emotion, that feeling, and then being like, it starts at some point, then feeling like a job, you know, which it is, it is a job. But I'm like, I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be a cool job, and it is. But there's moments where I'm like, oh god, this feels like any other job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that actually kind of segues, if not dovetails. There, those are both corporate, corporate sounding things that mean nothing. But anyway, yeah. all I'm trying to say is. Um, thing number two is actually something we both talk about a lot and it's like anxiety in doing comedy, which is exactly what you're touching on. Um, yeah. So I guess like, tell me, tell me a little bit more of like, about like, so I know you started stand up, and like from our conversations, like stand up is tough and I've done stand up too. It is a rough gig absolutely yeah stand up i it's the thing that i'm still like in the in the back of my mind i'm like i haven't done stand up in in some time i really respect people that do it the people who are really good at it it takes so much effort to feel comfortable up there uh, i remember one time uh bill burr talking about like uh when you step on stage for the first time there's how you are with your friends and you know, like how the comfort that you feel, uh, and how like you can be so loose and and funny. And then when you get up there, like there's lights in your face, people staring at you. You're holding a mic. Uh, you're talking into that mic, and your voice being projected. And he said that person that you were off stage. It takes so many years to bring that person onto the stage with you. Mm-hmm. You know, be like, oh, I don't have like because you're. So, it's so scary. It's so like it does like. Um, like it has made me like at many times go like, what am I doing? Like, cause you know, mm. like when the set's not going well, I implode. And then as someone who, as you know, I'm a very quiet talker. People don't know. I, I, I'm so glad I work in a profession where they mic me. Um, <laughs> uh, cause I would not be heard anywhere else. And like, I'll, my voice will drop so low that, uh, 
like my mumbling turns to incoherent and then people just don't hear the rest of the set. So it's definitely been like something I've like, it's with me, even filming the show. A lot of times I'll have days where I'm like, Oh man, I'm feeling like so anxious and not sure of what I'm doing. And, uh, I've had to, at times like really like I've had moments where like that feeling was so strong, but they need me in front of the camera right now that I would literally have to whisper to myself, I love you. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You got this. I love you. It's going to be okay. Like almost just giving myself a pep talk, you know? Yeah. And I, I wonder if like, not to like be too reductive, but is imposter syndrome any part of that or Oh, uh, yeah, a big part of that. Have you been reading my diaries? Because, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it <actually>. is. <laughs> I said, dear diary, imposter, and then I said, love Goulet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's definitely a big part because I, 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 when we first got the show, I definitely felt a lot of guilt um, about oh. having the show because I would think about all the people who started before me who I think are so funny and the feeling of like why me and not them mm -hmm. um and so that feeling was huge where i would feel like oh, i'm not funny enough uh i i just don't i don't have that that thing you know um the x factor and so it was it was huge and still is there where like struggling to feel comfortable in my voice and how i do comedy and be okay with the fact that there are many people who are way funnier than me and be like, that's cool. That's just, that's just part of doing this thing. Is there always going to be people who are, who are better at you than this or in whatever technical ways or literally like they just, they, their, their jokes are tighter or whatever it is. And as opposed to letting that like crush me being like, why don't I uh, try after it crushes me for a little bit to be inspired by what they did and be like that feeling I felt before that voice came in where I was like enjoying like that's so cool being like can I try to get some of that feeling into the stuff I'm writing be mm -hmm. like do this thing where I'm like oh my god this is really cool I can't wait for people to see this you know because if they feel even a fraction of like the joy I felt making this then I think it's going to be good mm -hmm. and like you bring up joy and so I'm gonna bring up thing number three now which is Ooh. again all of these are tied together um so thing number three is what I call comedy families. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Such a corny thing. But like, um, so a bit of history. We, like Gulit and I were both in a sketch troupe called Fusion Comedy. And we would put up a new sketch show every month. Again, SoCap, shout out SoCap. Shout out SoCap. <laughs> Thanks for giving that space. Um, but what ended up happening was, A, we would all hang out on a Sunday to rehearse and pitch things. But then we also ended up just hanging out all the time. It was just this pure like comedy all the time. I don't even know what it, it the closest thing that I had to that is like, you know, when you your first year dorm where you hang mm. out with your dorm friends all the time and to me that was really like the first space it was a it was a uh an all poc sketch troupe um and that was really the first space where i felt oh i could 
be myself one but two there was like this commitment to a community um that was awesome and beautiful like we would have dinners together and yeah yeah i don't know no i I, (laughs) no i was was saying i i was gonna i was gonna second that motion uh comedy (laughs) families um all in favor say aye I, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, motion passed. Um, I would, uh, yeah, I've like, I don't think I would be in tall boys if it wasn't for fusion because I was very scared of, as you said earlier, of doing sketch. Franco, who was also in the troupe, was like, just come out, just come out. And I'm like, I don't have anything. I don't, he's like, what you, you know, like you said, you wanted to, you know, uh, try this thing, like just come out and try it. And I remember coming and I was so scared and like we'd sit around in a circle. I didn't know many of the people in the circle and just going around and everyone saying their pitch in a circle, like now things that like I do on the show still hate it, but I've gotten so much more comfortable that I'm not as scared when they call them. I know I'd be like, uh, farts. What do you guys thoughts? That's all. That's the whole beginning and end of that pitch. Farts. Uh, you <laughs> that's guys happened though. We've done a full sketch that's just farts. I believe it was Franco. Oh yeah. Franco. Was it? <laughs> it was the, so I think the premise was uh, someone was on a high line. Is that what it's called when someone's like line oh, walking? Oh, yes, tightrope walking. Yeah. <laughs> rope. And this person just happened to eat a lot of beans. That's and right. So, yeah, yeah. And the commentator's talking about it. And they're just like, they're just letting it rip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the best sketch. No, nothing so ever fun. topped that since. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's I, I, I do think that like, even though sometimes people will be like, that's so low brow. I'm like, but it's so funny. People yeah. farting, quitting, pissing. There's something about it that still makes me laugh. And <laughs> and that and that family was, yeah, very special because yeah, like just like writing sketches in that way and performing in this space. And then having the the hosts that we did come mm-hmm. through, um, other POC performers who have been in the game longer than us to come and like, you know. Uh, essentially donate their time because like, they were getting some money but not like uh, a ton of money but a little bit and they would come and perform and they would give it their all so it was like really cool to be like in these scenes of people who i'm like oh my god i've seen you on main stage or i know you i saw you in that commercial you know <laughs> and then being like that's so cool and then getting to like do a sketch with them and how gracious they are with their like their time and their like their energy and just also so they didn't have to be complimentary, but they were because they were like, they did enjoy the stuff that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, and now you and I are in like fusion. Um, we both left for separate projects and you and I are now in, although we will always be family Gouled, you and I both yes, know yes. that, but we are also in our own little separate, like comedy families. Like you obviously with the tall boys True. and me with the Tita's. And um, for me, just like I have a lot of anxiety and imposter syndrome when it comes to comedy, but somehow being in a bubble makes it feel better and okay. And mm-hmm. I wonder like what you're if, like, it, obviously from the outside looking in, it looks like tall boys is always having a blast, you know? And, and um, yeah, I just wanted to know like, what's your, How's it been? Like, I think Tall Boys is coming on to its fourth year. Uh, like, yeah, the troop third season for TV, and then as a troop, I think I've been a troop since I want to say 20, 
17? Yeah, so four years. Yeah, we're, we're going to be four years. Uh, we just had our fourth. Oh, no, we're going to have fourth year anniversary. Oh, just passed, actually. The 20, it's 25th of November. So oh. that was our, our fourth year. It was just very recently. Uh, we didn't do anything. Uh, COVID, you took another one from us. Um, <laughs> yeah, four years. And yeah, it's been it's been a journey because like we're like we were such a new troop learning how to work together mm-hmm. and so we were like figuring out like our different styles because we all have different sensibilities uh just within the troop always sometimes we like the same thing but other times we just have different like you know goals of like oh i want to do comedy it's like darker i want to do comedy it's a bit more assertive i want to do comedy you know has you know some a straight man in it and it's more grounded whatever it is like sometimes there's moments where we all like you know we drive on the same idea but there's other times where we don't agree on it and so i feel we were still at the infancy uh, or like very early in that you know that process of figuring how to work with each other and then the show happened uh and then and then now more layers got added onto this mm-hmm. of trying to figure out our voices on top of the voices of the producers on top of the voices of cbc and yeah i remember like the first season really just being like a deer in headlights having all these people staring at me people i did not know who they were uh did not know what like something like a script coordinator was so there was someone who was typing down everything i was saying i was scared i didn't know what they were typing down who they were giving this stuff to um and so it's taken a very long time to now where we are in this third season to feel more comfortable there's still the internal battles that like i'm having my own imposter syndrome of, of moments where I feel like I'm not producing and the second I'm not producing, I'm out of, I feel like emotionally, I feel like I'm like, well, you're not part of the show anymore. And you've always been the weakest link and those, that narrative will start playing. And, uh, it, so there's moments where it's like, it's still, even this season where I was still like, oh man, I feel really terrible about myself, but I can also notice the growth happening being like, oh, I feel also more confident. There's a, there's a part that's feeling more confident. There's a part that's still feeling terrible. It's getting, smaller or it's getting manageable you know where i'm like mm-hmm. it's not feeling as overwhelming mm-hmm. and um i also know that you all are very close so i wonder if that kind of if that kind of stuff or you know that closeness like does it make things feel better when things feel particularly bad i don't know <laughs> It, it it does yeah for the most part because it still is like um when we're in the process it's slowed down but it still moves quite fast and before we know it like we're filming the show and already three months of the writer's room is done um so like we'd still anytime we'll we'll make time to chat uh we'll just catch up be like hey what's going on you know how are we, how are we feeling uh and do check-ins but they're never as frequently as we'd like them to be because we can go then like several months of us. Like we're talking while we're working on the show and then not really as much outside of the show. Um, and so, but when we are talking, it is, it is nice because like, they, you know, everyone's expressing their feelings and, and where they are. And we try to find some sort of like working solutions, you know, like, so the hardest thing is like, whenever you hurt somebody to like listen to someone tell you that you hurt them, that's still always, I'm always like, I want to like, my instinct is still to want to um, apologize and make it right immediately. But being like the hardest thing is just to listen and be like, uh-huh, that was me. I did say that. 
okay yeah no like i will start feeling like well that's uh i've I've done wrong and this is no way to fix this because it's like in the past and so it's mm-hmm. like well i can't go back in the past and fix it but being like listen and then how to move forward of being like okay well you know uh next time i won't i'll i'll be aware of what's happening for me and be like sorry i'm just feeling a little worn out right now so i, I hope i don't come off as curt or anything like that and just express whatever the thing is and also god being okay with having more conversations <laughs> yeah. we just have so many feelings as people and just yes it's gonna be uh, i'd love quarterly check-ins you know uh, <laughs> like how businesses do like what's the report all right so where are your emotions at uh so the last the first quarter has been kind of rough <laughs> but uh it, it's got to be more frequent than that yeah i mean so true about the checking in all the time um i think one of the things that i never would have expected uh, about being in a collective that creates together is how much work it is to 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 maintain like you know um the dynamic because without like a nice friendly safe space dynamic it's hard to make anything least of all comedy because comedy is so vulnerable Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a marriage (laughs) i don't know it's a bit strange to like say it but it does feel a little bit like a sketch troupe. You're kind of married together because you're tying a your career ambitions and therefore your um your uh what do you call it? Your way of earning money and you know making a living together. So it's, uh, yeah. it's tough. <laughs> no, it is. And it's like um like I I I think it's something we're getting uh better at with time is learning how to um like there will be moments where we'll, we're like yeah we're very really back but there will be times where we'll get angry at each other which is a very normal thing like we'll get angry at each other we'll snap at each other um and then it's the what you do after part mm. is is like what we're trying to figure out of like even yeah like of as a troop being like yeah how do we deal with conflict interpersonally how do we deal with conflict outside of the group um and how to yeah you know like because uh the challenge of like yeah there's so much going on for us individually internally that some of it like yeah i'll share in this context other times you're like i think this for therapy or for journal you know like still learning where this feeling is best is it here is this where i need to express this or is it just wait for therapy or put it in in a diary and be like well i just let it out you know and mm-hmm. it just needed a it needed an outlet and so learning sometimes being like oh maybe i revealed too much or maybe i said something that like i could have just kept for therapy everyone this podcast is a big fan of therapy yeah, <laughs> everyone huge. go get therapy <laughs> i should do like a i should like write a jingle for go to th- i don't know i'm not gonna try now. <laughs> <laughs> therapy should be free (laughs) yeah um uh well a little bit more on that thing number four like talking about tall boys the tv show so before the tv show whatever happened to two men uh we we talked about it i remember the producer saying uh i think they're more worried about like it might 
um, be a bit too muddled of tall boys, two men uh, wouldn't work as well on TV. There was a little bit of fear of whether boys to men would be run into some legal issues. Right. Uh, that were kind of doing a parody of their name. Right. Um, or, or, or pun. Is that what it is? Uh, English is my second language. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's a language I speak. It's my first language. Um, everything else has moved to second or third. Um, uh, so yeah, I think there was a bit of fear of uh, legal ramifications, but I think the first thing was maybe drop the two men and just keep it tall boys for the TV show. It will be cleaner. And yeah, so well, they're all cool. For those who, um, who I guess don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> tall boys was tall boys two men, but it wasn't even like two men. It was like the Roman numeral. I, I meant. Yeah. So I totally yeah. understand where your producers are coming from. But also everyone referred to you colloquially as tall boys anyway. Yeah, it's it's, it's a long, it's a long name, you know. <laughs> I, I, I get it. For, <laughs> I was I was never mad that it dropped. But it's nice because like uh whenever we perform, yeah, like most of the time, like I feel like we're living like we have tall boys for the show and then tall boys to men is our stage, um, is our stage entity. Oh really? It feels like that. Like I like it. Like the tall boys for the show, and then tall boys to men uh, is like what we do on stage. So being like, oh, like I like that. The it's not one and the same. It feels in my mind like a little different. Are you also doing a lot of live stage things? We're slowly getting back into it because uh, we, yeah, like everything kind of happened so quickly. Of went from first season, then a couple months off, and the second season we started writing for that. And we were trying to figure, and then, you know, life, life change is happening for all of us. So we are now slowly trying to get back out. We did a show uh, last month. We're going to do another show this month. We got one show planned for January. Uh, so it's yeah. been a while since we've done like a show a month even, you know? So it's, it's nice to be out with the boys and find times in our schedule. Like we, I think the goal is at some point, like, hopefully whenever this becomes endemic uh, to then figure out some way to uh, tour. That would be fun. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God bless. Cause I mean, you guys are great, great on TV, but what people don't understand is that tall boys live because I remember watching your first show ever Toronto sketch fest yeah. 2018. Is it? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And um, yeah, everyone who's seen you live understands what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, and, and that's just like, and that's why we love live comedy, everyone. Go support your live yeah, yeah. comedy. <laughs> Check it no, out. No, it's the energy <laughs> your love. of performing live is still like, it's so, it's so different. Yeah. yeah. Of like, it, it, there's, there's definitely more freedom to it uh, of being like, oh, there's, Nobody we have to run this by. It's just us. And uh we'll just we'll we'll do the silliest thing because it makes sense. And then also the feeling like uh I don't know if you felt this when you started comedy that it was like kind of this underground world of like there was all these venues I'd walk by. I did not know people were doing mm -hmm. comedy in. Uh and so almost like someone like the Matrix, I I saw the real world. I'm like, oh shit, like uh there's there's this other part to it. Um Matrix, maybe Harry Potter going through the wall, being like, oh, shit, it's a magical world, you know? Yes. 
so the sketch, I felt that same way where I was like, I'm doing this. And then once I went to sketch being like finding out there's this whole world of sketch comedians and it felt like it reinvigorated me and gave me that same like, uh, like love and excitement as when I first started comedy. Cause I'm watching people. Yeah. Perform like such amazing sketches. And I remember just the highlight for me of sketches is actually, uh, hosting, um, uh, actually the show, uh, Dame Judy Dench, uh, who Shannon was on, was like my second or my last, I think my last volunteer one. And I remember being like, I love these guys. And I get to, I'm the one who's introducing them. And I get to also watch a free show too, being like, this is so cool. So I remember just being like, I'm so happy to like, you know, just be a, a part of this thing. It, that really hits a chord. You're right. Like the, the Harry Potter kind of going into, um, what is it? Oh my gosh, Diagon Alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like as much as like we'll make fun of the fact that, you know, like live comedy, not a lot of money, right? Um, but I it's honestly a blast. Like you go to any comedy space, and I don't want to be like cheers where everybody knows your name, but they they yeah. do, they do, and that's really beautiful. And Everyone's just trying to make just this community of people trying to make each other laugh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, and most of the time you do it because you love it. <laughs> you will perform to like a room of like three people and you still like give it your all. It's just like amazing. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's so fun, too, because like just, yeah, like seeing what people could create on stage was just always so like, yeah, I was like, oh, I never thought like you know like just being like oh the stage can you can create people will will follow you you know so your imagination can be anything that if you say like you're opening a door and all these glasses are falling that people believe it because you got sound effects and a light cue and it's like it's like oh that's so like it's so funny i'm laughing and it's just at my imagination i'm laughing at my imagination that now the performers have like just said oh imagine glasses shattering here's the sounds here's the light and i'm standing there and reacting you know so being like that's so cool yeah i yeah yeah i really honestly anyone listening to this that hasn't gone out and seen live comedy do it <laughs> yeah do it there, people are really are really out there just <laughs> to make you laugh and to entertain you and um toronto is spoiled for live comedians like there are people populating like places like comedy bar who are huge <laughs> you know small yeah. or huge either way like you know it's a great time it is yeah it's both uh really cool and at times uh I w it makes me sad of like wishing the industry was uh treated comedians and entertainers better of being like I, I do like that i can be on the same show as people who have been doing this for like 10 years longer than I have. But sometimes I'm like, why am I on the same show as someone who's been doing 10 years longer than I have? Like, I mean, we can be on the same shows, but why are we on the same shows so often? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, like we're already talking about like a lot of comedy. So I'm just going to jump into thing number five, which is again, yeah, yeah. more comedy. Like I remember when we started hanging out, I had never met anyone who loved comedy so much. And like you were you and Franco, like the way you used to talk about comedy used to blow my mind. 
um, like you talk about comedy like most people talk about sports, but you also talk I'm, about sports. <laughs> I, I that was more Franco who uh, I I would like. It's so weird because like I do know a little bit about basketball. I've played it a bunch. Uh, I kind of know some of the bigger players that are performing, but it's a lot of just like uh, sound bites from me. It's like, yeah, they're not doing that well. Oh, they are. Yeah, it's the last time I watched it, they weren't doing that well. Uh, <laughs> I, I I save face by just like constantly pivoting, you know. Uh, so don't ask me for my opinion on any particular team, but I I still feel that way, which is like, it's uh, to me these are my athletes, you know. Being yeah. like seeing other people who are at the top of their game pulling off like amazing feats, you know. So watching shows animated or live action and being like, oh my God, that's so good. That's like so frick, that's so good. Like, how did you come up with that? You know, lines well, that are like so perfect, you know. Well, let's nerd out a little bit. Like, what's I know you have these in your back pocket. What's like an amazing feat like of comedy to you? Uh, for me of late, it's the big show succession, man. I've been laughing so yes. hard at that show. <laughs> so hard at that show, you know, it, it's so like so many like great acting, but just like, it's a, it, to me, it's a comedy, you know, like it's, it's, it's so funny. Uh, like the story about the business feels like the third or fourth important thing on that show. Like they talk about it so much, but it feels like a such a background thing. They're like, yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. What's going on with you two? Why are you guys uh, making fun of each other? You know, <laughs> I don't understand. It's Shakespearean sometimes, though. Like yeah. the way they talk, it's like this weird business, political, like jargon that I don't understand. But like because they're good actors like Shakespeare, which I also don't understand. I, I get it. Yeah. I, get it. I mean, I've, I, I've agreed every time when someone says it's Shakespearean, because as someone who hasn't read much Shakespeare, I, uh, I feel out of my desk. I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. That dude is crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> this does sound like he would do it. You know, uh, it's like, yeah, people are like, it's King Lear. Oh, totally King Lear. Such a King Lear thing to do. You know, he's a King. He's leering a lot. I think is what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Oh, is that what it? Oh, cool. Yeah, totally. I, I guess he leers. I guess he leered. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love that show. It's like makes me laugh so hard. Uh, and then also like I love people who um like uh, blow my mind in terms of like I never thought to do this. Like uh Julia Torres's uh last special on HBO, I think uh Shapes or something like that, or Shapes and Shapes of Things, or I can't remember what it was, but it was a whole sketch show. Uh, not sketch up, but a whole stand-up routine uh, with little like vignettes in between, like these little like asides. But like he was dressed in some amazing outfit that was shimmering, and he had like this conveyor belt of items come, and he had like little j- one-off jokes or stories about like this t- this little this little you know camera the sticker this little cactus you know, and he gave everything like a personality, um, and like uh it was so it was so fun and i was like i'm i don't think of anyone else who i can't think of anyone else who's doing this i've never seen this before and being like that is like like it makes me go like i don't want to do what i don't want to do what he's doing because he's already doing that very well but i'm like how do i tap into that this other plane you know of being like like that is so like 
like that's that's amazing in my mind being like how do you how do you even try like i don't even know how you come about that idea you know so like as a comedy connoisseur right like what is really important for you in comedy like what is a thing that succession hits or you know a live performer hits that like is just like hit like makes you feel like yeah damn like that was it was good stuff uh a lot of times like for live shows it's uh for me it's like just the the true the honest thing like the things that have made me laugh the hardest and like watching an improv show have been things that like this was not supposed to be a funny line it's just a character reacting in the moment but it was so funny and constant i'm thinking of even like one a show uh improv show i was doing last weekend where someone the characters was just disrespecting their mom the whole time and the other person in the scene is like dude actually i think your mom's really cool and they kept disrespecting and one of the lines to the disrespect is like she doesn't understand man <laughs> she's a bitch who works from home <laughs> and then i just <laughs> laughed because just the phrase of she's a bitch who works from home uh is uh one of the improvisers was saying this about her her mom and being like what a what an insult that like only makes sense in this context of this timeline that we're currently when people work from home so much so be like <laughs> she doesn't get it she just works from home like she's not in the real world like i was just making my own connections uh and and that makes me really laugh and shows like succession it's definitely has to be like like the lines are written funny but it's all in the delivery of like mm -hmm. these characters are like they're yeah they're insulting each other or they're delivering this line that like on paper i'm sure it was like was was still hilarious with being like oh man you like you really gave it a different life in the way you're stuttering through it or the confidence which you're saying this insult that i normally wouldn't find funny is is it like well i guess for live and it's funny because like there's like that there is such a it's a different medium but like, i guess for live like it's really just being present i think yeah is what i'm hearing and it's just like this especially improv too because like you know everything's being made up on the spot and it's never gonna happen again it's like everyone's in this bubble for this specific time yeah yeah absolutely like i mean yeah like some of the my favorite live performances like I can't remember much of the show. Like someone like Rory Scoville, who does a lot of like improvised comedy in a stand-up routine, but there's also a lot of it that is like pre-written, or maybe it was at one point improv, but now he's doing it again. But he does it in such a way where like it still feels like he's doing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like there's a certain silliness or just like off-the-cuff nature of the way he's doing it. Like doing a whole set where like you know he he asked for the lights to be turned off and he's just talking to like and we're all just like giggling in the dark at this theater and being like this is so this is like this is so silly this is so fun i feel like i'm having an experience that is like so cool that like if i told someone about it they're like turn off the lights that's weird and like uh no you really you understand so it was so funny then i don't even remember what he was saying but he was just like <laughs> commenting and like he was painting pictures like being like all right picture this uh you're in this blah 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 and uh, you know like he's setting up scenarios and we're just like dying but being like i now i leave this and i can't recreate this moment i just know that i experienced something all i can say is like if you get a chance to see him please go see him you know 
Yeah. Go watch comedy. It'll make you yeah. feel things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Gula will probably be in the back row. <laughs> yeah. <feeling. laughs> I will be. Um, but you've loved Rory Scoville for a while. Like I know we've talked about Rory before. Has yeah. your do you find like your comedy tastes have changed at all? Um, you know, in the last, you know, having gone from like a new troupe and now being like, okay, like this is your full-time well, it was like your full-time gig before, but like on TV, do you know what I mean? Um, so, it, it, before it was like, no, you were right. It wasn't my full-time gig. Uh, it was <laughs> it was something I was putting <laughs> sometimes full-time hours into, uh, but getting paid. Uh, like I should have taken this to like the employment, uh, employment boards or something like that. But like, so I did like 10 shows and got two beer tickets. Is that right? <laughs> Is that, how does that, what's the math on that? Full-time gig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've it's uh I feel like it's changed a little bit in that like I I'm very uh interested now about like the like a show like Succession, like these are all such great performances, you know? Like every time I watch something like that's so like there's so many layers to these like the richness of like this same character can make me laugh at one moment, the next moment I feel like I feel bad for them, like, oh this person's insecure or like this there's, there's a sadness that they're carrying and being like watching that person go between these things and mm. really like being like oh now I'm, uh so that my taste has changed a little bit of being like it's not just the joke but it's like the performance is so like so big so like yeah like wanting to take acting class to like figure that part out you know be like how do i how do i use this as another tool uh in my sets you know of being like really like give like a very great performance and then just let the comedy happen as it would but Roy Scoville has still he hasn't been moved from that spot of like just one of my favorite comics to watch yes. and seeing him like perform is still uh, like I watched a set of his that he filmed three years ago but released now of he challenged himself for a whole week to improvise every single set to just like come in with no like really uh, thought out material just like maybe something he knows early in the day uh, but just like go with that freedom and seeing someone who's been doing it for that long still talk about the same like oh like I felt myself get scared you know and I bailed on this thing because I just didn't trust where it was going you know yeah. uh, and being like oh wow that's still a to be like that's exciting I'd be like oh someone I love watching so much is still trying to figure or like maybe it's something you don't figure out you just you, you have come to different understandings over time yeah. Um, it, when you said like the performance as well is now like very important and rich and and like that brings to mind like a thought that's kind of recurring for me right now is like how involved a craft comedy is. And I think the more you're into it, like you don't realize how detailed like some of some of the best in the business like you don't even realize like the detail that they put into it like how intentional yeah. intentional every moment is until you're like <laughs> smart enough <laughs> to be like oh man like nothing is well sometimes it's an accident and a discovery and that's beautiful but man people work this material like yeah absolutely it is well loved yeah truly and and i and i 
it's it's really cool to to witness like seeing someone like do a joke for the first time and then watching it weeks later and or even months later and seeing that joke have such a different feel to it it's more polished as there's they're they're more certain but they're still trying to give off the air that it's you know a very relaxed uh telling of this joke but being like oh you've done this at this point maybe 50 times you know but every every pause word choices you know being like i think subway sounds better than quiznos you know like just all these little things being like okay yeah yeah no i I follow you know and then all of it when it comes together is like such a cool thing yeah (laughs) i could nerd out about comedy with (laughs) you all day every day but we're at the end of our big five things but we want to know more about you gulet always and forever um uh, okay so we'll we'll do like a soup like a soup a lightning <laughs> round just to like know a bit more about Gulad before we say goodbye so beautiful okay lightning round Gulad super salad soup best pizza uh batondos where uh batondos best slices of uh, batondos if we're talking fast food uh dominoes nice uh what are you watching these days uh, I'm watching Succession and uh, season five, Insecure. And I stole this one from like an interview, and I've asked this before, but I love it. Like, what do you do on days when you're not feeling confident? Ooh, um, I will uh, try to meditate. Um, if that, if I don't have, feel like in the mood to meditate, I will sometimes just try to like watch something I enjoy. Um, and just like, and maybe at times give myself a break, be like, let's not force this. If it's really not working, just relax and then try it again tomorrow. That's beautiful. And, um, last but not least, not least, last but not least question. Oh my gosh. Weird. (laughs) What's next? Like what, what else are you up to these days? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I've never been in this position where I have, uh, both time and resource on my hands to do whatever I want. And so, uh, it's both exciting and scary. And, uh, I'm trying to be like, all right, let's, instead of following the fear, telling me all the things I shouldn't be doing, be like, all right, what do I, what's making me really smile or, or laugh or what's something that's like following the love. Like I did earlier in comedy of like, I didn't know where this was going. I'm just going to do it anyways. Being like, all right, let's try that for whatever I want to do next, whether it's acting or or writing something else. I love that so much. Follow the love in comedy. And you know what? I think that is a great place to end this beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Guled, for joining me for five things. Thank you for having me. Love yeah. you. I love you, Yeah, we're heart. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thank you again. Uh, thanks for joining us for Five Things at Bad Dog Comedy. Please check out more of Gulet stuff. Uh, the uh, uh, Tall Boy Season 3 is uh, coming up January 25th. And if you haven't seen, if you need to catch up, Season 1 and Season 2 are on CBC Gem. You might just recognize Hair Flip. Uh, a cute little five things host on there. 
Um, and if you haven't yet, please hit follow or subscribe to this channel to keep up to date on all of the cool programming Bad Dog has coming your way. Um, members of the Tall Boys are always performing on any of these shows, so uh, you might catch them all <laughs> on YouTube. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, consider donating to uh, www.baddogtheater.com slash five things. Um, a big shout out to uh, to Shannon, who uh, um, who is our tech today. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. I've been Alia Rasul, and in the words of my people, Ingat. Take care and have a great night. podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.